Welcome to Jump Crouch. Aaron here. I've got Oren. How you doing, Oren? I'm chilling. How about you? Great, great, great. Kevin, how are you? I'm well. I'm good. It looks well. like you're you're well, beaming good. to us from a new surrounding, a like new a building. new place. I'm in a new building. Are you pretty stoked on that? Yeah, it's a nice building. It has good good walls. Good um, walls. That's yeah. Maybe a roof. I know. I remember um, our guest last time asked me if the toilet was nice, and it is nice. I do like. It's a little low. I feel like you're gonna like fall onto it sometimes. But other than that, mm. high quality. You got to you got to do a real low squat to get down there. Huh? That's what you're saying. A little bit. You know how when you do you those, if you, if you work out with your quads, you die, and you have to sit down, and you feel like you're going to like yep. fall because you yep. can't. It's like that that level. It's a little bit like that, but hmm. otherwise, all right. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. I like the place. I'm uh, happy. Oren, you've taken down your green screen. Where to go, man? Yeah, what happened? The green paper that you used to have back there. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, audio listeners, you know, they're like, man, I wish I could see this green <laughs> screen they keep talking about, yeah. but. But it's it's not there, so they can't see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, listeners. You you'll never know what my green screen looks like. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the news real quick because there's some interesting news this week. Uh, BlizzCon happened, and I don't give a shit about any of that. But Ninja Gaiden, despite the fact one, that we're playing WoW, despite the fact that we're playing, we WoW, don't give a we shit about BlizzCon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Gaiden is coming to PC. It's coming to Xbox. It's coming to PlayStation. It's coming to Switch. All consoles are getting all three Ninja Gaiden games. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Three, I think, is horseshit. But Ninja Gaiden Two, which we'll talk about later, for, is uh, for pretty me, great. Like yeah, I've been waiting for that. Oh my god, thirteen 14 years? years. Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, it's <clears throat> a big one. Ninja Gaiden Two is definitely one of the best character action games of its time just the stuff you, the moves you can do in that game and the level of gore and just how fast it is it's the gore is ridiculous uh, but also ninja gaiden one have you played much of that yeah i've played ninja gaiden one i actually prefer two because i just love the execution system so much in two and the weapons mm. but one is pretty great one is so hard compared to two <laughs> you think one's harder than two i think so yeah all right. Well, I guess we'll get into that later. Uh, and I think Actually, that concludes our news for the week. So I have questions get that. about that to Oren some, at some point. For about, sure. about, Neo, what? about Neo 2 and Ninja Gaiden. What do you think is harder? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Oren, you've been playing Call of the Sea? Yes, I have. Um, Call of the Sea is... This game It's basically this game where you're playing this wife who has this disease in the 1930s and she's searching this island for her husband because her husband was looking for the cure for her disease, which she thought would be in this like mystical culture that exists on that island. And the game is a walking simulator, but it's also a puzzle game. It has some really hard hmm. puzzle puzzles and it's about seven hours long. And I was totally enraptured for the whole seven-hour runtime. It's an amazing story. I didn't... Uh, this is not really a spoiler, but the game is Lovecraftian in ways that I mm. didn't expect. And the story is incredibly moving. And playing it on my Xbox Series S, the visuals are just sumptuous. They're just so colorful. Uh, the game kind of gave me, like, classic rareware vibes at times with the soundtrack and art style 
And nice. sounds cool. I only really have positive things to say about this. I feel like this is one of those games that um, if I played it, it came out like December of last year. So mm-hmm. by the time it came out, game of the year discussions were already happening. But I really think yeah, it deserves... Like to me, I think it would be in my top three or top two of last year because I was just totally. I haven't been enchanted by a game like this in a long time, and I found mm. out about it because Jason Schreier had it on his top ten list. It was like number three on his top ten list, so I was really interested in it. And I saw it on Game Pass, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna play this." So, oh, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, so you don't even have to pay Important for it. Fact, yeah. How how good would you compare it to like some of the what I think are the great walking Sims, at least uh, like Edith Finch or uh, Stanley Parable. Obviously um, they're probably very different games, but I feel like they're more puzzle. This one's more puzzle heavy. This game actually has pretty mm-hmm. challenging puzzles that like, I, I love that gameplay loop of getting frustrated by pu- puzzles and then finally getting the solution. And I'd say there were about two puzzles in this game where I was actually stumped for a while. And I was just kind of, walking around just trying to be like did i miss something did i misinterpret something and Mm. um but i love that i love that gameplay loop um and another thing that i really wanted to point out about this game is the voice actress who i believe she was the voice actress on firewatch um she uh well she was just an actress on firewatch i assume right yeah she's just or was she also did she just do voices yeah she 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 was the you know what I should actually confirm this but I'm pretty oh, wait sure. no no Firewatch I'm thinking Firefly yeah, I know, yeah I'm like, no I'm talking about mean, Firewatch if, yeah. um, an actor like are they superimpose people into Firewatch I'm like <laughs> wait a minute who's on Firefly wait, that he's talking about I'm gonna look at okay. this right now because I don't wanna say something I don't the, mean. I'm just imagining like a rotoscoped people onto Firewatch the actress from Firewatch is, yes, was good Joe. I haven't played Firewatch I was gonna say that's probably the other Let awesome walking sure. sim right? I'm just gonna confirm really quickly that you haven't played it no yeah. She play yeah the actress from Firewatch is the uh, voice actress in Call of the Sea, and what's awesome. what's incredible about her performance is that she doesn't talk over the puzzles. I was so impressed. Like she was, because that is one of my biggest game design nitpicks, pet peeves, is when characters talk through the cl- solution to a puzzle. The game devs were yeah. smart enough to have the voice actress not talk during the puzzles and i think she only spoke one time during a puzzle but that was during one of the more complex puzzles because there's like a multi-step puzzle that happens like two-thirds of the way through the game and she just says i think i'm on the right track one time because i think it was like a nice little signal to the player to be like okay yeah you're doing the right thing but she doesn't it's not the nathan drake problem of she's just speaking through the Talking through the solution, I hate that so much. Yeah. But fantastic game, highly recommend Call of the Sea. It's really, um, I think it, it's up there with Hades and Last of Us Part Two um, from last year. Mm. Really, really, and just in terms of a game, like when I use the word enchanted, like I haven't been enchanted by a game like this since probably the Outer Wilds. So can't say enough good about it. Really great. And it's first person, right? First person. Um, nice. First okay. person, seven hours on Game Pass. There's no reason not to play it. It's very. I beat it in one sitting. I like. I just didn't want to put it down. Okay, that could be a good game to play with the uh, with the old girlfriend. Sometimes she likes stuff like that. Um, For sure. Cool. All right. Uh, you also have been playing, and I played a little bit of Control, the Ultimate Edition. No. Oh, yeah, we're gonna have to get into Control. Uh, 
I know Kevin talked about control a little bit um, yeah. a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I can't remember, but um, I off and on. I'd say I over love the last control. Six months. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> talking <control>. about. It. <laughs> I'm still playing it now. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say about control. I was just. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was more um, in an, and I, I kind of admired it more from a distance before this recent playthrough. Like I liked what it was doing, but I didn't love it. But Control Ultimate Edition came out this month, and I was I just decided to give myself over to this game for about a week, and I read every piece of intel basically, played all the DLCs, found most of the secrets, and I have come out the other side absolutely loving this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really it's awesome. I mean, I mean, Kevin, what do you what do you think? Uh, like, I just like I don't think there's been a game since Bloodborne where where the world building and how it comes together and how you slowly peel back the layers of the oldest house, yeah. how that all comes together. Like, I just what do you think of that? Because I, I was totally I totally yeah, I completely agree. I feel like the, the oldest house is like its own character in that game, and there's so many secrets to find in it. Like, I I love that environment. It's kind of like I don't know. It reminds me of like being in like, I don't know, Black Mesa. If it was a Metroidvania, you know, or something like it's like a place that you feel like, you know, and it has a lot of character. Like it's Mm -hmm. like a very distinct environment. So yeah, I I love the secrets. Like I I love when games have secrets that you can go find like in the environment. It's not as common. I feel like in shooters these days, it used to be like really at all. There are, there are like three or four puzzles in that game that are so obscure and I was able to figure mm. out two of them, but there's 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 two in the DLC. Like one, and there's one in the DLC in the second expansion, the AW expansion. That's actually incredibly difficult, <laughs> and I had to look <laughs> it up because it's like literally just like when I looked up the solution, I laughed. It was like I couldn't believe mm. how obscure that was. But um, uh, it, what what yeah with with control, I just think um. A lot of I was talking to a couple of friends about it because I had a, a couple of friends played through it and they didn't like the story because they didn't really like Jesse Fadden and they didn't like the how the everything occurs basically or just how the plot a occurs. But I feel like the real story and I don't know if you agree, Kevin, is really all of the stuff you uncover about Trench and Casper Darling and the oldest house mm-hmm. and the AWEs and the altered objects. Like to me, that's the real story. Um, yeah, and because mm. it, it's one of those games where the more intel you collect, the creepier the surrounding becomes. Because I didn't think too much about the surroundings when I first played, but as I kept playing, I was like, "This place is fucking weird." Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely agree. I feel like that was a big part of like that's what I was saying. Like that game, they're building like a universe, and it felt like it was mm-hmm. really like the more I, I read every thing, I read all the dead letters and even all the conspiracy wacky <laughs> the stuff. The dead letters say. are so I, <laughs> they're so funny. <laughs> like. I, I like the idea that there is a game world where like people's conspiracy theories are actually like true. I think it's just so funny. Like it's such a different take on it. But yeah, Trench's story. Um, every live action cutscene with Darling, like I love them. They're so good. Like he <laughs> yes. has so much character. He's so funny. Um, yeah, I I uh, I enjoyed all that. I actually really liked Jesse as a character. I liked her progression through the game. Like I felt like that was cool. I, I think they handled that well. The game's st- storytelling is not at all like 
uh, their other games, which are much more straightforward, traditional narrative. It's much more like you kind of gather the pieces together and figure it out what's going on. It's not as like just straight told to you and cutscenes like their other stuff is, which I think was a cool mm. approach. I actually really like that. Yeah, game. it was. Uh, it's kind of interesting because you could kind of say that about Jesse Fade, and without uh, saying too much, is I feel like the whole approach to that game is peeling away through all of these. And this is how Bloodborne is too, which is why I compare it to Bloodborne. Is that you? You kind of peel away through every plot development, every audio log, every piece of intel you find, um, the environmental storytelling, and that ultimately just paints this giant picture of what the story is. And I thought that was really inspired. Yeah, yeah, I really like hmm. that. And also, just the gameplay is very fun. Oh, really, yeah. I really like that. Like oh, physics-based, yeah. psyops influenced. How much did you play, Aaron? Hmm. Uh, you know, I've played probably about a third to a halfway through the game. I was not reading any of the um, flavor text or, you know, the notes or really paying much attention to the audio log. So I'm, maybe I'll go back and redo it. I played a little bit of it on my Series X because, uh, I don't know, just because I, I just bought it. I just impulsively bought it to check it out. And it, it's, it's pretty nice on there. Um, but I can't really comment too much on the story. Yeah, it's mm. one of those games that you have to kind of devour because you need mm. to... I probably put about 30 to 35 hours into it, and that was doing everything and reading everything. And I kind of feel like that's how the game's meant to be played because my first playthrough was way more like, oh, I'd read like a piece of intel here and there, or like, oh, I'm going to skip a couple of these side missions. Um, but like, it's really the kind of game where you have to do everything to get... Okay. a full picture of what that game's doing because um if you just kind of play it straightforward it's going to seem it, it like the combat's going to be really awesome and everything but i think like overall it, it might feel a little underwhelming if you don't do mm -hmm. that if that makes sense yeah maybe i don't know i i would like to really just sit down and like 100% invest in it. I think it's one of those games. Um, but I was having a really great time. The reason I had stopped playing the first time wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it, but it was because I wanted to get a new video card so I could like crank it at 100 frames per second with all the stupid features. So I was like, oh, they'll get this new video card. Of course, I never got a new video card. Now I've got it on Xbox. I can play it there too. Um, although I do kind of like the ultra wide and it doesn't support HDR. So I'm like, mm. yeah. Um, and it doesn't do cross save, which is fucking annoying. Another game we're going to talk about does do cross save, which is really nice. Um, but the shooting is great. It's it it remind it like looks like fear. It doesn't have the same level of tactical depth maybe as fear, but it's like really good, rewarding, fun feeling shooting, and just all the debris and the physics flying everywhere, and just it looks incredible. It's kind of funny yeah. that you say that about the shooting because the game feels so great to play and. Uh, mm -hmm. It, it feels like an evolution of what they did with Max Payne. And yeah. it was funny. I like finished the game and I was like in love with Remedy. And I was like, I'm going to play Alan Wake. Cause like, <laughs> like, oh my God, yeah. this game was so awesome. And I played Alan Wake for like 30 minutes and I was like, I can't play this clunky shit. And then yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. It's hard to go. I still would like to play it. It's hard to I go back. Like, no through. <laughs> I played through the whole yeah. game back when it came out and I was kind of, thinking it was going to be like max i th my, I thought was it was going to be like max Payne meets resident evil 4 and it wasn't like either of those it's mm -hmm. just it's just not i think what it's they were going for was a cool. story game yeah uh, the, the storytelling was very high quality 
which is mm-hmm. what I, which is partly why I was very impressed with Control because I expected it to take that same kind of traditional storytelling method, but it didn't. And I thought that was really cool that they did that. I was like I, something I really applauded them for because they they do that stuff really well. So I would think that they would want to play into that strength that they have. You know, it'd be like if Naughty Dog made a game that didn't have a heavy main story element. You know, if they did like this, that'd be, be just wouldn't you wouldn't expect that from them. So it was yeah. cool that they did that. <clears throat> yeah, my theory is that Sam Lake, uh, the lead writer... I, I, is this a spoiler? No, no, it's not. Okay. Sam Lake, he's the writer of the game. He's, uh, yeah. my theory he's is... He's Max the, Payne. Yeah, he's Max Payne. Of Alan Wake? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Casper Darling's Alan Wake, which is funny. Like, it's, they got the same mm. voice actors for their two, like, leading franchises to oh, be the... Oh, he is? I didn't even realize that. You're yeah. totally right. He is, he is Alan Wake. Isn't that funny? Of course yeah. he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great that they have their yeah. two like lead guy, and it's kind of, you know, what we should do a spoiler cast on Control because I want to comment on on those two characters specifically because they serve a thematic pur- purpose casting them too. But I don't want to get into that. Um, but I just wanted mm, to say okay. Sam Lake. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Sa- Sam Lake. The thing about Sam Lake is that. Um, my theory about Sam Lake is that he probably played a Miyazaki game like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and he probably applied that storytelling to his own yeah. brand because that's what it felt it's like to me. even got similar mechanics with similar like bonfire-like mechanics. Yeah. Yep. And soul, soul gather. I mean, it's there's definitely some influence and, and broader Metroidvania influence um, mm-hmm. in the gameplay. Totally. Exactly. Which is great to see. Because I think the Dark Souls style storytelling is, is is something that video games do really well. That sort of iceberg kind of storytelling. Um, exactly. Cool. Uh, we could do a. I'd be down to doing a spoiler cast. I'm gonna have to force myself to beat it finally, which shouldn't be too difficult. But I, I just need to do it's it. It's worth a game. It's worth forcing yourself to get to a really good game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, great. One yeah. of the best games of 2019, like hands For down. For sure. Cool. Yeah. The uh, the one thing I will say, the console versions now have. Uh, you can turn on ray tracing or you can run it in 60 F- FPS mode. And it's like, you can do it at the flip of a switch. And it's like so jarring a difference when you go down to 30 FPS that it's just like, Ooh. <laughs> like <laughs> I've never seen it be like, so like drastic feeling of a difference. I'm like, yeah, there's more reflections, but there's no way I'm playing it like this because it plays so nicely at 60 FPS. Right. Yeah. Um, Not even a question. Uh, all right. Well, you've also been playing a little bit of Dragon Quest, which is this Dragon Quest 8, um, 9, 11. Builders? 11. Yeah. 11. Whoa. 11? It's up to 11? Yeah. Uh, Kevin, have you, did what you play this? Ones? I only played a little bit of it. Um, okay. Well, I just, you guys got that in common. It seemed, it seemed cool. You know um, who? Uh, you know what they compared it to? Uh, was uh, the guys from, uh, what's the guy? What's the, I can't remember the name. It's the guy who talks all high-pitched and he makes the videos on YouTube. He's like a gamer. It's like a little like a cartoon guy. Jim Sterling? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. Home or credits. School I, credits. Extra credits. Extra credits. Extra credits. Thank you. Yeah. Extra credits. They compared that game to Doom 2016. Uh, 11. They're like, this is like, they took the 80s Japanese formula and they just slightly changed it and made it modern, but it's still at its core, a complete 80s JRPG. And we, mm. Would you say that that's accurate, Oren? 80s JRPG. Yeah. 80s, so I mean, being, or 90s, whatever. They're both the same stuff. Well, you yeah. can play the game uh, top-down if you want to, pixelated. You can. Yeah, so that, that's kind of 
proof of concept, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played. Uh, I actually really got into Dragon Quest for like a couple of weeks, and here's what happened. Uh, I played it for I want to say about thirty to thirty-five hours, and I was like, okay, this game is like probably wrapping up soon, right? Like they're about to get the MacGuffin. <laughs> like this game is going to be over soon, <laughs> and. Then I looked up on Google. Apparently, I was only about two-thirds of the way through the first act of a three-act game, and I kind of just... Yeah, that sounds right. I just I just kind of gave up. I was like, I got my fill, because mm. I'm just like... I mean, I know people get really hooked to those games, and I totally get it, but I was just... Uh, I just didn't have the attention span for it, but... Uh, <laughs> After playing their own. Builders... I, I totally understand the appeal of the series. It has I, I like the music a lot. I like the setting. I think the art style is awesome, and it does what it's doing well. But it seems like a little too easy, maybe. So the yes. gameplay can be a little bit mundane and a little boring. I'd recommend that you play Yakuza like a dragon instead <laughs> right. if you want to get the awesome JRPG experience because that game is phenomenal. Yeah, I really, mm. I really should at some point. Um, I'm a little burnt out on JRPGs after that, but I think like later this year I'll finally <laughs> I'm gonna play Yakuza. I just but Yakuza has like action influenced combat, so it's much more engaging right. than that. Like when you hit guys, they ragdoll in Yakuza. Like you can feel that impact when you get a crit on them. They like fly back and get hit by a car. Like it's just the hmm. best thing. It's yeah. Trust me. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like with Dragon Quest, the uh, apparently. Um, like the game is so easy that I just what I did is I just preset all of my characters um, to attack a certain way because like the game was just not challenging. So <laughs> I would just be like going I, like I wasn't even playing the game and I was looking up online in forums and apparently people like that. People like just not playing the game. They kind of like see it almost like playing golf or whatever. They're just kind of like yeah hanging out with their anime friends I, and not really do watch anything. tim rogers review to, to say, of that game that's what tim rogers says too. tim rogers did like a f i think it's like a 45 minute long so it's actually one of his briefest videos on on how you're supposed to play dragon quest and it's like he was saying it's like what people in japan do before going to bed is like a way to like mellow down like they, like you, you take a bath and play a little dragon quest and then you go to bed <laughs> that makes sense <clears throat> it, it, it seems yeah. like that it seems like the most mellowest of mellow games. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's so successful in Japan too. Mm -hmm. Like that game is like a holiday in Japan. Like that is like the, the biggest, maybe besides behind Mario, the biggest gaming in Japan that I know of. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, I, it's kind of interesting too, because the uh, production values of that game are pretty insane. Like they just have this mm -hmm. full orchestra and, uh, and the fact that the game is just packed with content, like it just seems like it's de designed to be made for, for adults who don't really play too many games who just kind of want to sit down and chill after work or something. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Or before bed or before. Uh, work. Or, all right. I'm sorry. Before bed. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Quest 11. That's on Game Pass, or are you playing that somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I played it on Game Pass. That's the beauty of Game Pass. I can just kind of try stuff. Um, yeah, and we'll yeah. definitely talk about that later when we get into our topic of the week. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you've been playing some Switch games. Two of them: Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, or Bowser's Furry. Bowser's Fury. Is that right, Furry? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Just, uh, it wouldn't be too help. far off in a, in a sense, but um, yeah, 3D World is a port of uh, the Switch game, 
Um, great co-op game. If you ever want to play mm-hmm. Mario multiplayer and not have it be sports games or Mario Party, which I'm not too big on these days, platform gameplay, uh, I think 3D World is the best one. The 2D games, mm-hmm. you can interact with each other and hit each other, and it's super mm-hmm. annoying and block each other. And like, It just sort of leans itself to just being total troll griefers. You don't actually play the game in a cooperative sense, so I think that sucks. But this game mm-hmm. is, a, is a 3D fixed camera angle game, so it's very good for playing with co-op like the game was designed and played four-player co-op or two-player co-op or whatever you want to do so i'm playing with my girlfriend and it's been super fun we're on the third world um the funny thing about mario and it's it's like all of them especially the 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 the, the platformer ones that are not odyssey or they all have this like super nes rule set still like mario still has like the four characters you can play as are toad Peach, Mario, and Luigi. It's like Mario Brothers 2. Like, all the rules are still there from the NES days. And it's just funny mm-hmm. how Nintendo's been so harsh about that. Like, they they will not... That's like... I guess that they think that that's what defines the franchise is those early three games. Because that's... This, mm-hmm. Like, this, the Tanuki suit's still there. Like, every... All the power-ups from only the Apid era are present. Nothing... They don't have the cape from Mario World or anything like that. So, it's just... It's interesting how, like, Nintendo really holds that that rule hard on that franchise. Hmm. Um, that's cool. But it's a really fun platformer. Play with friends. Um, and then Bowser's Fury is actually a new game. It's kind of like an expansion to Odyssey. It's much bigger in scope. Oh. The whole world okay. is one contiguous map. There's no there's no different worlds or anything. So it's like an open world Mario game, um, which hmm. is awesome. Never never had that before. It's like a new thing. Um, it's fun. It's been good. It's also got two player co op, but it's not as the co op is not as in depth in that or is a three D world, which is really like a four player you know party game. You can play four players in 3D World. And, 3D World, you and can it's play all at the player. same time. It's not controller swap because I always found the controller swap yeah. worked well. But yeah, interesting. I don't We're think the controller, controller swap is technically turn, turn taking. Yeah, turn. Yeah, whatever. It's, yeah. it's not that. It's together. Hmm. So cool. But yeah. All right. Fun uh, as always. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which which is really nice on my my Xbox. Uh, it's it's really nice on my Xbox. It's better than it is on my, my PC. Just can't run that game for shit for some reason. <laughs> um, but the game offers cross-save, so I can switch back and forth if I want to. This is amazing. Like, if I can't play on the TV, I can come play on the computer. If I, you know, if I want to sit on the couch. Um, it's cool. That. It's another Assassin's Creed game. It's a very, at least the first area, um, very Skyrim vibes. Mm. Vertical Skyrim. Um, like I, I think that Vikings are kind of like a little boring. I don't know if I said this before, but like, like, like when I was a teenager, Vikings were like the coolest thing in the world. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's like slightly overdone after Game of Thrones and stuff. Even though there's no real Vikings, but you know, that kind of ice people vibe has has been done to death. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's good. The combat's uh, I think a little better than. Um, odyssey and the graphics are definitely better and it, it just looks and runs great on a on a series machine and um I'm, I'm enjoying it i don't have too much more to say other than it's 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 giving me like flashbacks to skyrim but like with modern trappings and graphics um nice. i wanted to ask about that because i was listening to the giant beast cast and alex navarro was talking about assassin's creed valhalla valhalla and, and it said mm-hmm. and he said that like uh he said he personally didn't really like the game so much, but he still completed it, which is funny because it's like an 80 hour game. And he said, uh, like, uh, it, it fulfills this itch in my brain, in my lizard brain for completing stuff, for completing tasks mm-hmm. and for stabbing stuff. Would you say that's mm. 
correct to a degree. I don't care much about the completing stuff. That doesn't that doesn't usually motivate me in games, which I think is why I don't finish a lot of games. But um, it, it it definitely it's a fun game to just explore, and you can kind of go in a multiple multiple directions and just explore shit. And, you know, have little adventures, and the combat is pretty decent, and the sneaking is is pretty decent, and so. You know, it's fun to like sneak up and stab people and make little piles of bodies and all that shit. And, um, and the world's, you know, fun to explore and really good looking. So, for sure. I want to play it. Although, Oren, when you tell me about, um, the Japanese game by oh, Sony, Ghost, I forget the name of, of that. Tsushima. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima and, uh, Horizon. When I play those games, I'm thinking Oren will not like Assassin's Creed. He should not play <laughs> Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he will. <laughs> so, you probably should stay away, I would advise. Yeah, there are certain <laughs> things that I'm unfortunately allergic to, and uh, checklisty yeah. open world games is at the top of the list. Yeah, Done. it feels much less checklisty than like I've gone back and played a little bit of the previous Assassin Creed, Assassin's Creed games, which felt a little bit more like that. Odyssey had some checklistiness, but you could really it was hidden behind a layer of UI, like it wasn't front and center all the time. Sure. So you didn't feel like you were constantly being told here's 20 things to do where like maybe cyberpunk has that problem a little bit like cyberpunk is like, Hey, here's all your quests. And they're the people are calling you and you can't even ignore them. Um, I don't know. It's a good game for me to make my own fun, which, which is I'm pretty good at doing in open world games like that. And I really just like exploring shit and it's a great explorer game. So for yeah. sure, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, when it comes to open world games, I really want, um, Red Dead Redemption Two to get the uh, frame rate upgrade on this. You mean one or no? Oh, oh, two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's definitely coming. This is this is a part of our topic of the week, but apparently Xbox is doing um, frame rate upgrades for many of its games, and I really hope Red Dead Two has that because that would be glorious. So, what I really want is Red Dead One to have that because I can already you can already play Red Dead. You're gonna get there's gonna be a like an enhanced edition sure. that's gonna come out like any day now. Um, but Red Dead, uh, Red, so let's, let's start, let's get into our topic of the week. Unless you want to say a little bit about No Man's, or Hitman 3? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it super quickly. Um, I'm still playing it. I'm still addicted. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just can't believe that. I thought I would be done with this game like three or four weeks ago, but I'm still playing it like consistently at least an hour a day. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what Hitman's good for, especially if you get into like a practice and it becomes kind of a, a fun habit. Yeah, it was just it was just crazy because like yesterday, for example, I was uh, playing with a friend because he wanted to see the game. So we like did it like uh, I just streamed down Twitch and he was just watching. I did a playthrough where I murdered almost everybody and I was just like causing chaos in the Berlin level. And then I played the Dartmoor level and I played it suit only and uh, Silent Assassin and only using a sword to kill the four <laughs> targets. So I was, so the fact that I could do that in the same game is just incredible. It's, it's really that's, amazing. That sounds like an extremely high level of difficulty, a suit-only Silent Assassin, and you're using a sword, which presumably you're not allowed to be carrying, so you have to like shuffle it around with you. Yeah, it was, it's, ama- it's kind of amazing because when you play these levels so much, you, you pretty much memorize all of the NPC movements. It's incredible. It's mm-hmm. like clockwork. You're like, these guards are not going to turn around at this time. 
So you just like literally just like there, there were times where like there would be two butlers in the hallway um, dusting stuff and they're both looking in opposite directions. And I would literally just like sneak right between them because like I knew they wouldn't turn around. So it's like the that's what's so cool about these games is after you've played the levels 30, 40 times, you just memorize everything and it's awesome. Yeah, the mastery. Yeah, no, that's Hitman's the shit, man. Truly. Uh, I've also been playing Ninja Gun 2, which is going to slowly guide us into our topic of the week, which is going to be the Xbox review. But let's talk a little bit about Ninja Gun 2. Ninja Gun 2 was on Game Pass. It might be about to leave Game Pass. I don't know. You told me that it was about to leave Game Pass, so I instantly bought it because I, <laughs> I started downloaded it. And it was like such a transformed version from what I played on Xbox 360 14 years ago. I don't know, 2008, 2007, whenever that was. Um, the game, you know, it's like native 4K and it's like perfect frame rate. Do you remember what that game looked like on Xbox? Uh, no, it, it's been so long. It ran, <laughs> okay, it, it, I do because it, it ran pretty poorly, but it also was like at a much lower resolution for some reason because like Team Ninja was having trouble with Xbox development. So it was like it was like one of the only standard def games or like an off resolution way back then. So it looked really fugly. Like it, ha it had a very blurry look. And now it just looks like like some games when you apply this like modern like you just up the resolution and do some antiscropic filtering, they look really really good. They have a real timeless look. And Ninja Gaiden Two is one of those games. It just I was kind of like, whoa, this game looks great. Like it doesn't look modern, but it looked so shiny and smooth, and the combat is so good. Uh, people that want to see like the history of the action genre that haven't played these Ninja Gaiden games need to go play them and they're going to be as we said and now they're going to be coming to everything so i really recommend people check them out but if you like sekiro or even dark souls like ninja gaiden is going to be a pretty pretty intriguing dish for a lot of people or just neo too if you liked neo i mean it's the same guy yeah neo's neo yeah. is basically ninja gaiden dark souls so yeah but diablo. with loot but with loot yeah right? with loot. A little diablo I mean, in there too uh, Ninja Guy, I mean, Neo 2 is awesome for more like Dark Souls geared people or like loot based people, but Ninja Gaiden's really great if you love Devil May Cry or like the early God of War games. Like, What do you think's harder, or, Ninja Gaiden or, or Neo? Um, it's been too long since I played Ninja Gaiden, but I want to say Ninja Gaiden because you really have to get good. Like Neo 2, you can mm -hmm. still upgrade your character and grind. So. Yeah, but on the flip side, yeah. if you're not geared, you get one shot by bosses. <laughs> That's just like—is that true in Neo Two also? I don't know about two. Neo hmm. Two has uh, a, a like. Neo Two is amazing because it does the Dark Souls Three game where it just like throws a boss at you right away. But the Neo Two first boss is so much more challenging than the Dark Souls Three first boss that I've, I'm sure a lot of people just give up. And return the game because mm. they're like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Neo, that's cool. Neo Two's yeah. first boss is really hard. Uh, all right. Well, Ninja Gaiden Two is awesome. Uh, I've been playing a bit of that. <clears throat> also, I played a bit of No Man's Sky because that's on Game Pass, and it's it's just 4K, 60 frames per second with HDR. So it just has, it looks it look it finally looks like that trailer did, maybe even slightly better. Um, they can put a real Jurassic Park theme now instead of the. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> no more kazoo. Uh, it, it's 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 you play it in creative and just kind of fly around. It's very easy to just find beautiful vistas. And like I was saying with Assassin's Creed, I really like games where I can just go explore landscapes. Like that that's pretty appealing to me over and over and over. So I've been having some fun with that game. I just fly around for like 20 minutes, go to a planet. Still haven't figured out how to leave the system. So I'm, I'm only limited to like the first nine planets in the system that I started in. So I got to gotta figure that it's part out. It's cross-play with but, PC, um, so you could play with me on, on your console. Yeah, we could do it. Or I could play with you on my PC. But yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It, it just looks really good um, at, you know, all the, all the colors and stuff. It's, it's, it's a pretty game, which I feel like it wasn't a few years ago, right? It was kind of a ugh, not a good looking game. Yeah, they've done a lot of work to it, so um, good for them. I have a question about No Man's Sky. Is uh, is No Man's Sky easy to get into? And the reason why I ask this is because a couple days ago, I tried to get into Sea of Thieves, <laughs> and I, I played it for like three or four hours, because those two games are compared a, a lot, Sea of Thieves and No Man's Sky. Uh, I tried to get into it, and I just like didn't know what to do for four hours, and I just gave up. So it's No Man's Sky. I say they're actually different, pretty different. They're pretty different. They're pretty yeah. different. Um, you need a guide for Sea of Thieves. Sea of, sea of Thieves is like a find your own fun game. Like you gotta like very, very. make your own fun game. Like sure. You get together and you decide what you want to do, and if, if the game is not gonna give you anything to do, it's like yeah. a pure sandbox. Whereas No Man's Sky has quests. And plans to explore and randomize content. It's a good question because my problem with No Man's Sky when I first started it is, and, and you will hate this, if you if you go into survival mode, you start off and you have like a broken ship and you're on a planet and you'd have to go basically mine and gather a bazillion minerals and you don't even have room in your inventory to gather them. So it's like this resource management game for like 10 hours before you can even fly anywhere. It's like all the so, worst survival game tropes all yeah, the it's. It, it's atrocious. So it really turned me off the first time I played it. Go into creative mode. You can just fly around. Nothing hurts you. Um, I mean, play it as a sort of uh, interstellar tourism game mm. and nothing else, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny how some, because I think as gamers, we're always looking for the hardest difficulty sometimes, but there are some games that are just better on easy mode. Like, yeah, like Wolfenstein 2, in my opinion, is like so much better on easy mode. <laughs> but that's just my opinion, because like you just feel <laughs> like Blaskowitz or, or Uncharted. Mm. All of the Uncharted games, I think, are better on easy mode. So I think uh, if the game has combat systems that are well designed enough that hard is good, then it's good. But mm. if it's, the mm-hmm. combat systems are not what the focus of the game is or they're not super well designed, then it can be really just punishing and crappy. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, when you play, like, Uncharted, for example, it's not even, like, it's kind of funny because they designed it as, like, this hardcover-based shooter. But, like, when you watch Indiana Jones, he's not doing that. Like, he's just, like, running around shooting Nazis. Like, I mean, I think it's better just to play it on easy mode and you're just Nathan Drake just shooting people. Like, it's more fun. Right. So... I don't remember yeah. Indiana Jones like shooting down helicopters and like fighting tanks and shit either. It's like what the at the fuck? end of the movie you would have like one fight where he'd kill like three people and you know I mean you think of the end of uh, the third movie he fights actually is a tank battle but it's yeah. not <clears throat> yeah yeah like in the in the Indiana Jones movies whenever like he kills somebody there's like a sense of weight to it and like the in like the Uncharted games you kill like 40 guys who are just like private contractors and you're like phew <laughs> yeah. glad I survived that oh my god all right 
This week's topic of the week is a, an Xbox review. Warren and I are going to, we both have Xboxes now, and we're going to talk about our feelings uh, about this particular piece of hardware. We have slightly different variations, so we can talk about the different nuances there. And um, yeah, Kevin, you're just not going to be able to say anything for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm this sorry. is the Aaron and Oren We're going to mute Club. you. <laughs> you know, your guys' names sound like your dwarven brothers, Aaron and Oren. <laughs> We're, we're like the two competing dwarves in God of War. Like, <laughs> I have I have my Series S. He has our, he has the Series X, and we're both bickering about which one's better. No, no bickering. Um, <laughs> I, I think when it comes to aesthetics, there's no question that the the Series S is is a better looking machine. However, I was pleasantly surprised that the Series X is, is also not bad looking. Um, I do have it behind my TV, so nobody can even see it. So who cares? But it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice looking piece of uh, kit, but the the Series S is just cool looking. Yeah, I think um, the the vibes that the Series S gives me are uh, GameCube vibes. Like it just reminds me of my GameCube back in the day because it's just small. Uh, it's like a third of the size of my Xbox One, and I just, mm. you could just carry it anywhere. Like it's such. It's kind of it's kind of it also gives Nintendo Switch vibes where it's like oh if you need to go like if you want to go on like an airplane trip and and you don't want to pack a lot and you just want to take your Series S with you you can just slip it into your backpack. Um, it's really it's a really nice design and I just love I love the vibes I love how small it is. It's awesome. Yeah, another thing I love is and I'm I'm assuming this is true for you too. My Series X is silent. I cannot hear it when I'm playing the most performant games. It still doesn't make a peep. There's none of that. Like my the PS4 that that I, that I currently have is real loud. It sounds like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's my uh, old PS4. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it was louder base. than the games when I was playing them. Oh God, it's it's <sighs> it was brutal when I was playing The Last of Us Part Two. That game was just like throttling it, and it was it was just like. <laughs> And uh, I definitely had to play with headphones on to sort of drown that out. But um, but the Series X is just silent. It does not make a peep. Same nice. here. The Series S is totally silent for me, which is like really, I applaud uh, Microsoft for achieving that. And uh, uh, I'm a Sony fanboy. I love Sony, but um, I think this is my favorite console I've purchased in a long time. Like I just love, because the, the PS3 looks like a tank. I just don't like the look mm -hmm. of it. And the Xbox 360 broke all the time. Mm -hmm. And the PS4, like, was I was kind of neutral on the PS4's design. Like, it looked it looked fine, but I didn't mm -hmm. like, love yeah. it. But I really love the design of uh, the Series S. I just, uh, I just think it's fantastic. And I, I guess this might be, like, a good segue into Game Pass. It's just like a, it's like a Game Pass machine. Like, I'm... I, totally. Like I'm on the Sony PlayStation Four, um, I would be spending so much money on video games. Like I would just be—I think I was consistently spending like at least thirty dollars on video games a week. But with mm. the Series S, I've just like—I've played at this point in like the two months I've owned it, I've probably played like fifteen games, and like twelve of those were on Game Pass. So, Game Pass is the real deal. Uh, I don't know what you yeah. think, Aaron. No, Game Pass is definitely it, it, it justifies its existence basically. Because if it didn't have Game Pass, I wouldn't really want it that much. Uh, but like, it, it has Game Pass, and I can just plug it in, and there's 
a hundred something games, and and many of them are are, are kind of good. <laughs> no, I mean, some of them are great. Like, there's there's a good selection of games. Like Game Pass hasn't wowed me in that there's something on there that I'm like, oh my god, I need Game Pass for that. Uh, except I guess on PC, I do love Microsoft Flight Sim, which is coming. To, it's coming to us soon on our consoles. But um. But there, there's a lot of really good games, um, and it like you know, it like I totally forgot about Ninja Gaiden two, and I went back, Ninja Gaiden two's on there, and I was like, oh man, I'll play that, and then it's like enhanced, in in all the ways that like, uh, I guess in all the ways that like, one of the things I like about PC gaming is I can go back and play my old copy of Half Life, and it like it will scale to my resolution, it'll you know it, it'll scale to my hardware in a way that makes it look fresh. Um, and Xbox is doing the same thing with Xbox 360 games, with Xbox One games. You're getting like a better version of the game that preserves the way that it looks and the way that it was intended. Um, and Game Pass has 360 games, Xbox One games, and series games. I don't know what you call it. You call it the series console? Like, what? what is the name of this? It's kind of, it's a tongue twister, and I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Series X, not Series sure S. I, I just call, uh, I, how about we just do, like, mine's the tiny white one, and yours is the big black one, and then we'll just leave it at that. But, <laughs> but what do you call, like, the whole console as a family? The series consoles, series. right? Yeah, series, yeah. 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 Xbox series. series, okay. okay. I just want to uh, comment on what Aaron was talking about as the, the backwards compatibility features. I think I have to, like, I really want to give Microsoft credit here because... If I think of what the other console makers are doing, Nintendo and Sony, like they'll release remasters of games that you have to rebuy. Microsoft's saying, hey, if you have an Xbox game, you can put the disc in and play it, and it will up the resolution and the frame rate in these games, and sometimes HDR them. Without any extra cost, you have to pay us anything. So they're like giving you value back. Like that is a huge, mm -hmm. huge thing that I ha we haven't really seen, not seeing anywhere else, except for PC. It's also worth noting, um, and this was a total surprise to me, I had purchased games for my Xbox 360 like 14, you know, 12, 14 years ago, and I still own them. What? I was yeah, like, oh. That's really cool. The, the, I was like, I went to go buy Ninja Gaiden, and it's like, you already own it. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I did buy that. <laughs> um, and the same thing with, like, I only bought a handful of games back in the day. I don't, I think the hard drive was puny on the Xbox 360. So buying digital games was not a smart move. But, um, it, like I was like, oh my god, I still own all these games, which is you know, like I've purchased games through Sony that that don't transfer from the PS3 to the PS4, and there's no reason, at it, and they're not going to transfer to the PS5. Um, I know if you buy a digital copy of a game, most if you bought a digital copy of a PS4 game, that will work on the PS5, but your PS3 stuff is just totally off off the chain. And Nintendo, every generation, they just like yeah. forget everything that you've purchased. It. Um, so that's awesome. But yeah, the backwards compatibility is like a big feature for me because I do like playing a lot of these older games and it, they just do it so well. Um, and that with the game pass, I'm just like, Oh, and then some of these games having cross save. So I can kind of swip swatch, uh, swap between my TV and my, my PC at any moment is just awesome. I just think it's so cool that you, you, all you do is pay like 1499 a month. And you basically just get the Netflix of video games. You just get all of these games. And it's like, it's I've just discovered so many games that I wouldn't have purchased otherwise. Like, I probably wouldn't have spent $20 on Call of the Sea. Because I would have been like, eh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to spend $20 on like a seven-hour experience. But like with Game Pass, it's like, okay, I guess I'm playing this. And 
I'm so glad I did. It's like just the perfect platform for indie developers for, mm -hmm. um, for, for, and hopefully it will bring, and I said this on the last episode, but I hope it brings back just like the five to six hour narrative experience. I mean, you see that with the medium. I unfortunately didn't really like the medium, but I want to see more games like that. Just these narrative driven, uh, triple double a triple a games that are only like six hours long and uh just mm -hmm. exist on game pass i think it's perfect for that yeah i agree yeah yeah and it also it just makes it so like like you don't i don't really feel the need to buy any games i did buy ninja gaiden 2 because it was leaving game pass and i did buy control just because i wanted to see what it was like um but for the most part i don't feel i don't feel like i'll need to buy a game which it is worth mentioning, the version of this I bought, I purchased, and you can too, um, if you can get a hold of one of these things, a interest-free payment plan where you get Game Pass. And I guess, I don't know if Game Pass is considered part of Xbox Live or is that a separate? It is. It is? If you have Game okay, Pass, so, you have Xbox Live. So you get that whole thing and you just make, I, I pay, it's, it's 35 bucks a month for two years, which ends up being like $850 or something. Cause like I'm so I don't know exactly off the top of my head. We can talk about value in a minute, but like, um, I don't know. I, I just do that and I, I got games and it's, and I got lots of games and pretty soon all of Bethesda's games are going to be on game pass awesome. past, present and future, which is kind of like absurdly good. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, can't really say enough about, uh, how much I love my Xbox. I, I'm kind of um, curious to hear what you feel about the Series X because, for me, I have the Series S. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a budget gamer. Um, so, and I was kind of tiptoeing into the Xbox ecosystem because I'm s still such a Sony person. But um, I bought the Series S. Um, I don't really, I don't have a 4K TV, so. I just play it on like my little 1440p uh, TV, and it's it just it just like looks great, and uh, everything runs at 60 frames per second. And I think it's such a great console if you don't if one like it's a great console for a couple of reasons. One, you're not ready for 4K. Two, um, you don't care about discs; like you're willing to go all digital. And uh, three, if you just want like a small, tiny budget console that's not super expensive and that's kind of a Game Pass machine, it's, I think it's great. Um, uh, what do you think of the Series X, Aaron? So I have, I have a couple of thoughts. I think that the Series S is sort of like an uh, impossible to argue with value for anybody, really, who, unless, unless you have a 4K TV and you really want to get the most out of it. Uh, particularly for budget-minded gamers, but also maybe for somebody who's like, "Hey, I'm gonna get a PS5, and that's gonna be my main, my main like bread and butter console." But I want, I want that Game Pass machine too. So I would say a Series S is is a better way to go. Um, I do love. Uh, I, I I recently purchased a 4K TV from a, from a a big 4K HDR TV, and I gotta say, HDR is the real deal. HDR is is like probably the biggest visual quality jump uh since like moving from like standard definition vhs to, to dvd or something like yeah. even like like it's 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 shocking and for people who haven't experienced hdr and can't go to a best buy and see what it's all about like 
the way to think about it is that it adds contrast and extra color to the spectrum, which does may not mean a lot. But if you think about like a scene where there's a lot of neon in a movie, right? Or somebody's holding a flashlight, the brightness that you will see from the neon lights or the flashlight is so much more like it looks so much more contrasty in the way that it is in real life. Like when you see a, like a flashlight in real life, it's much, much, much brighter than everything else around it. And it has this sort of like luminance, I guess, to it that, that you just don't get with standard def. So the HDR is pretty amazing. Um, but I, I mean, the disk drive seems kind of non-essential. I will say for people who are, are hard drive uh, constrained, you can get a SSD hard drive and you can put older games on it for pretty cheap and you can get a dongle. I actually did that for mine and I'm storing uh, non-series games on that. And so that's that's kind of nice. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I think it's a good value, but like if you look at it this way, I paid, I'm going to pay 900 bucks for an Xbox and two years of Game Pass plus $1,200 for a TV. I'm at two grand. Like I could, if, if, if I had a choice between that and I'm starting from scratch and, and a gaming PC, I would say, what is your, what do you need? Like, like if you just want to play video games and you don't want to hassle with shit, then get a console and a TV. But like, like it's not as good of a value as the series S is where you're just paying that money and you're getting, you're basically getting all of that value and you don't need to buy all this other bullshit to get, to get the full value from it. I will say, um, if you are the type of gamer who only plays Fortnite or Apex Legends, do not get a PlayStation 5. Get like a Series S because it's just, you're only paying $300 and you're getting the enhanced edition and the PS5 mm. is just a waste of money. But um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like It is right now. The, the yeah. controller is way better for shooters too. Yeah. Xbox controller, come on. We can all agree on that, mm. right? Yeah. Oh, it yeah, feels I, I so good. Like controller. Yeah. I was yeah, playing yeah. Uh, Gears Five Versus yesterday, and uh, man, it just feels. It just the movement just feels perfect. Like I didn't even have to adjust mm-hmm. the sensitivity. Like it just feels great. Oh my god. Uh, one really quick tangent about mm-hmm. Gears Five. Um, I'm really. I'm finally good at the versus mode in that game, and that's because I've finally mentally mapped where the shotgun radius is, or like because. <laughs> I was like, nice. when, when I would get into shotgun doodles, I would mentally place it like way to the right of the character, but it's really mm, like it's uh, the, the uh, area of impact for the shotgun is literally right in front of the shotgun. And I finally yeah. figured that out. So I'm finally good at this game. <laughs> the nice. other thing is the distance, like the distance at which you will have a lethal shot or you will just, uh, I think it's 85% or 80 yeah. Something like that. You'll 85% them and then they'll kill you because they stepped one inch closer. Like that is the the other thing. We, we should play that because that, that is a fun that. multiplayer game. Yeah. Um, I've been playing it a lot. If you get, yeah, just like. Did you like the shotgun battles? What? Do you like the shotgun battles? They kind of remind me of like a duel, like an old school oh, duel. Yeah. Like whoever gets the first strike can can win the duel. Or if you miss and the other person dodges away. It's kind of this this cool timing rhythm that can happen with the shotgun duels that I think are it's like a very unique thing to Gears. I, I will. Mm. I will say though, I get like a lot of satisfaction sometimes killing a guy with the lancer in a shotgun duel because they get like because it's just like they're not expecting it. So like sometimes oh, like yeah, a, yeah. sometimes yeah. like a, a shotgun dude will be rushing me, 
and like instead of engaging him with the shotgun i'll just quickly take out the uh, lancer and i'll either shoot him enough where i down him or i'll just chainsaw him <laughs> i just <laughs> I'm sh- I, I like surprising dudes like that it's really fun it's fun yeah yeah it's really fun yeah it, it's uh, uh, i, I play gosh i played like the versus mode yesterday for like five hours straight i like could not get enough of it it was so much fun <laughs> It is. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, th- that game has uh, 120 FPS mode, which I tested and is extremely nice. I am wondering, like, I know Call of Duty also has 120 FPS. I'm like, what's, wh- I guess, I don't know how many people have access to 120 FPS displays, but like, I wonder how that's going to be received if people are going to be like, oh shit, this is, this is pretty drastic. Or if they're just going to be like, eh. Um, to my mind, it's or to my eye and, and to my to my my hand. Like for me, frame rate is much more about how the game feels than anything else. Like it looks better, but like it's it's like it just feels more responsive. Yeah. And like 120 FPS is a very fluid and responsive feeling game. Um, for sure. And it's awesome that it supports that. Yeah. Like I mean, obviously, most people I don't think have the the the, 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 the hardcore gearsers will probably all have it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think on Series S it's run, it runs at sixty, I think, but it, it looks really nice. No, also one twenty. You get one twenty. I get one twenty. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was gonna yeah, say it, it looks like it looks really pretty. <laughs> I yeah. can't figure yeah. out why. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's it's a great looking game. Um, uh, I will say before we move forward, I think the best looking game for me personally right now that I've played on my Xbox is Hitman Three. Like Hitman Three just hmm. looks freaking hmm. gorgeous. Like the Chong nice. King level, oh my god! Every game should have rain mm. in it. Every game should have rain in it. It looks so. Oh good. yeah! Oh All yeah! That rain specularity does make stuff yeah. look amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. But anyway, Hitman Three looks spectacular. All right. Um, all in all, I am extremely happy with my Series X, and I think that it's. I would strongly recommend to people looking for a next gen console to go for it. I would say considerations if you don't have a newer TV and you don't plan on buying one, maybe go for a Series S. Um, like it's 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 getting you there. It's getting you the next gen games, and they're looking good. Like, um, and if you really need your PlayStation exclusives, then obviously go with that. But uh, if you only play Fortnite or Apex Legends like resist the urge to get a ps5 because like it's a waste of money right. compared or to you, or just <laughs> build a 500 gaming pc at that point like right you could be um yeah. but yeah I, I i love it i think it's i think it's great i'm super excited to uh to play uh the microsoft flight sim on my tv because then it's just going to be all encompassing i guess it's pretty all encompassing now but you know it, it's you should try I, I want, tactics i want to Oh, I should try Gear ta- Gear's Tactics. Um, I like that. I want to try this Call of the Sea now. Like, Oren mm, sold me. It doesn't have uh, Man, yeah. it was... Uh, I mean, yeah. It's it's like it's like number one or two from last year. Now, I was just so... Like, because, you, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm a dead soul. Like, my soul is dead. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, for a game to actually enrapture me and enchant me that's such a rare feeling that never happens and so yeah there you go <laughs> hope i hope you like it because i really loved it uh yeah i'm excited all right so you you also do you want to give a, a last minute thought on your you, you, series s sure um yeah i think when it comes down to it it's just uh if you're a budget gamer and you don't 
play too many games. I mean, I play a lot of games. I should actually say this. I play a lot of games, but the storage hasn't really been a problem for me because I just download and re-download games. So if you don't mind the storage space issue, the uh, all-digital feature, and you just don't have the best TV, um, I think Series S is the way to go. Um, but if you want that premium experience and you're willing to spend a lot of money, um, I think Series X is prob- probably the better option for sure. Hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, let's get to our personal recs. You guys you guys uh, have some personal recommendations this week? Orn? Yeah. My personal rec is actually an essay, uh, believe it or not. Um, Martin Scorsese, famous filmmaker, he wrote this really amazing essay on Federico Fellini um, and his love of Federico Fellini. Uh, he, he wrote it in the context of, he wrote it in, in an interesting context though, because he's talking about how uh, cinema in the modern age is just a deluge of content. It's just content and none of it's curated anymore. And hmm. he's, he's talking about it in the context of like Netflix, YouTube and how, it's just uh it's all about content it's not about curation or cinema so he talks about how um filmmakers were treated back in the 60s like and how they were treated with a certain reverence um how how that's how 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 that resonated with him growing up and how modern content doesn't so or modern modern content creation doesn't so um, I could see why some people would think it's a little elitist. I personally agree with 99% of what he says, but I just thought it was an extraordinary essay. And if you're a movie lover, I highly, highly recommend it. Cool. Great. Yeah. Also watch Knights of Kiberia. Hell yeah. Um, that movie made me cry. Oh my God. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin, did your couch make you cry? A little bit, but yeah. not not too much. Um, no. I was shopping for couches for a long time for my new place, and I was annoyed because it seemed like the furniture industry was very homogenous to a style that I wasn't super fond of. Um, no hate if you like that style, but it just wasn't for me. So I decided to go with Ikea, and I got an Ikea couch, and it's great. It was only $400, and I was concerned that it might be bad because... I don't know. You know how you like shop for things online and you have no idea if it's good. You look at the reviews and hope, well, either reviews, I don't know. People say they like it. They don't like it. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, I liked it. Ikea Ektorp's good couch. Easy to make. I have a small entryway, so I couldn't have fit a full-size couch not mm-hmm. construct that you don't build in my place. So I had to get one that you construct. And uh, it's a nice couch. I like it. It's very comfy. I've never had to have, I never owned a couch for mm. in general, and I never got to have my own experience of sitting on a couch and playing games on my own TV, which makes the console experience a thousand times better than playing the, 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 on, a, on a computer chair. So yeah. that's a whole new world for me. It's a whole new world. No, so, it's, it's nice yeah. having a couch and a TV and having a living room set up where you can go and chill out, kick your feet yeah. up and play some Xbox. Yeah. It's awesome. So like, yeah, Torp's a good couch. I, I, I actually appreciate this recommendation cause I might need a couch. So that's Do awesome. It. It's good. It's the most used couch in the world, apparently. Mm, yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Gotta get some meatballs while you're, yeah. while you're sitting on I the know. couch. I know. I wish um, I could have got some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. My recommendation, I think I talked about this on the show a little bit before, but I just have seen all of the episodes of The Expanse now, and I think in light of uh, Mass Effect getting remastered and re-released, 
Like the expanse is really mass effect to the show. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, but like it is like, it, space there's, opera? like it's a space opera. It's about a sort of singular captain who leads his sort of iconoclastic crew through a bunch of misadventures. And, uh, there's, there's other stuff. I, I'm not gonna say any more, but like, I think sounds like you you're want, describing Star Trek as well. Next generation or something. It's got some <laughs> of that. It's more, it's much more of Shepard. It's, I, I would say it's 75% mass effect Rex. and 25% game of Thrones. Like it okay. has a lot of this intrigue and political machinations and different factions, but it's much more about the specific crew of a single ship. Um, mm. Even though they, all the other stuff's going on. Like, so yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. It's very entertaining. I've watched it. There's one season left and then it's over. So you could get caught up now and then, and then be ready for the final season. Are you guys really quickly? Are you guys excited for the mass effect uh, remaster? I am nice. I'm kind of, I'm kind I, of, I'm kind of, I don't think I'm going to play it, but I'm glad that yeah. you're excited. Um, I'm gonna. Um, I mostly just want to really play the first game again, even though I played it like three times already. You can play it now. Yeah, I want to replay it. Apparent. So apparently, they're refining <laughs> the controls of the first one. Like the first. Yeah. That's that's the re because like if you play the first yeah. Mass Effect, that that shit is broken. It's like yeah. it's, it's rough, man. It was even <laughs> back in the day. I remember kind of like this is some because I was I had come off Gears of War and like Mass Effect is not Gears of War. It is influenced, maybe, but is a clunky shooter. Right. I played the first one on PC, and um, I think I had to mod it to make it not total horseshit, and even then it was still pretty much total horseshit. But I did download that game on Game Pass and play it to test it with the back compat features with the auto HDR, which we didn't even talk about in a review, which is pretty good. Um, the auto HDR just ev- uh, affects the luminance value, so it makes it brighter and darker and changes the amount of brightness that the highlights have but um it looked good and, and up in 4k it was like oh this looks it, it looks all right um definitely looks like an older game now i remember that when that game looked like photorealistic i was like what yeah the faces that look that real now the faces look like like sex dolls contorting badly um yeah it's kind of but, it's kind of funny how like uh i feel like there's this period between 2006 and 2011 where like you just had a lot of video games that looked amazing at the time but then you play them mm. now and they're just like clunky and kind of broken and it's partly mm. why i want to replay it because I, I i have this this memory of mass effect being amazing sure mm-hmm. and, I, and i i want to see if it'll live if it'll be true or not because i often have memories of games being really good and i replay them and then actually they have been really good every time i replay them but i have a feeling that maybe mass effect every time as i remember not every time but often uh, I loved the first Mass Effect, but like I was so off put by Mass Effect 2's like drastic change in style and sort of theme. Um, and the only yeah. thing that I did like about Mass Effect 2, apparently they were removing. You guys hear about this? Apparently they were oh, yeah. the, butch, the butt shots. The butt shots. They're removing the butt oh, shots. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's... I mean, it was confirmed by like one of the writers that like they thought it was stupid at the time. So like apparently like there was an intention to not have them, but there was a perv on the staff who wanted them. So yeah. the the only character in the universe 
who's got a butt like that. Every other character has the exact same butt. Like every other female has the exact same butt. One person in the universe just has this giant butt. Uh, yeah, there was a purpose. <laughs> I mean, like this is this is kind of like my problem with Nier Automata. Like I totally love that game. I love everything about it. But like, mm. like there's just like a code of perviness to that game that like brings it mm. down like half a notch, and it's like an otherwise stellar game. But it's like it makes it so much more of a Japanese game, though. Sure, you know what I mean? like it's that's just such the experience of those Japanese games. I think what Yakuza as well. Yeah, because <laughs> it's got so much of that. It's so funny. Yeah, just like yeah. this like sexism that's just like there, and it's just like oh okay. Um, yeah, though Yaku- that's on Yakuza Game Pass. Zero, I thought like uh, did a better job, maybe with that, but I don't know. I might hmm. be picking and choose. It's still problematic. What can I say? What can I say? All right. Well, uh, we're running a little behind on our Resident Evil long jump because Kevin moved. I had a birthday, and Oren is ready to go, so it's not his fault. But uh, we will take credit for that. So we're going to postpone that a week, and we will have that for you. So play along. We're going to be playing Resident Evil Remake, and I'll be playing a little bit of Resident Evil 1 Director's Cut, or I guess maybe not the... I think that's the only one I have uh, access. That's the only one I have access to. Or it's like the the most recent version that's on PS3. but yeah, we'll talk about that, and we'll be back in two weeks with a regular regular pod. Um, uh, maybe there'll be some sweet news. I, I thought I would add one thing really quickly. Uh, I, I, I usually don't like to do shameless self-promotion, but mm-hmm. um, I made a new video on my YouTube channel, uh, Orin Luck, O-R-R-I-N space L-U-C, and it's just like a video about um, Southland Tales, which is a... Uh, movie from like 15 years ago that I thought that was critically panned at the time but now it's getting re-released as a can cut um, by by the director so I thought I would make a video on it because I thought it had a lot of things to say about American culture uh, back in 2007 that were incredibly prescient um, especially in regards to uh, a lot of uh, the social media stuff you're seeing right now, but also in terms of the far-right political mu- movements that you see right now. So um, just thought I'd do some shameless self-promotion, take a look at my YouTube channel, and I hope you enjoy that Southland Tales video. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I like uh, it. It's a good video. Thanks, bud. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madden, we love you, man. Thank you for the awesome uh, theme song. And we'll be back in a week with, okay, a week with Resident Evil. Kevin, fucking play that game. Oh, uh, I will. Don't you worry. This is like the greatest homework I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> play Resident <laughs> Evil. Two weeks with, with regularly scheduled podcast. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.